Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. Nieces Nugs. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Nieces Nugs Podcast, episode 19, a special Yellowstone podcast edition. We're not talking about the show today. We are talking about the National Park. That's right. I have been out to Utah several times over the last couple of years, and I have teased about going to Yellowstone for, you know, a quick trip. Those times didn't work out. However, all of that changed on the most recent trip that I took to Utah. We were given a full day to explore, and so I threw out several options to the students that I was with, and really any of those options would have been incredible, but the students really wanted to pursue the epic trip. Now, just for some reference, from Salt Lake City area, it is about four and a half hour drive to West Yellowstone, which happens to be on the west side of Yellowstone National Park. Nice little community town. I'll talk about it in just a second. It's five hours to get to Grand Teton just because it's a little harder. But both national parks are worth exploring. And if you're going to go to one, you might as well go to both. And sometimes in life, you just have to say, okay, why not? Let's just go for some epic trips. You know, I don't want to live my life regretting trips that I didn't take because maybe the drive was too long or there were some obstacles in the way. So in this podcast, what I want to do today is I want to walk you through one possible option for a single day trip to Yellowstone National Park. It is doable, not ideal, but it is doable. You could honestly spend years in Yellowstone and still not see everything. In fact, I actually spent a summer working in Yellowstone National Park, and I didn't get to see everything that summer. That summer, I got to live at the lake and work as a cook in the employee dining room. But this was my first trip back since then, and it was awesome and nostalgic all at the same time. Now, some quick facts about Yellowstone National Park, for those of you that don't know. It was created in 1872 by our president at the time, Ulysses S. Grant, and it was the first U.S. national park. In fact, this year, celebrating a 150-year anniversary. It was primarily made a national park because of the geysers and the hot springs and the mud pots and the steam vents. And the park primarily sits in Wyoming, though parts of the park extend into Montana and Idaho. Most people don't know this, but the reason for all of this activity is Yellowstone is actually the top side of a massive volcanic system underground, which creates some of the pressures and the, the hot gases and things such as this that create and make Yellowstone what it is. Now in Yellowstone, you can do all kinds of things, camping, fishing, boating, ride horses, go swimming, go hiking, animal watch, do all kinds of different things. It is a phenomenal place to visit and one of the most beautiful places on earth. Now, most people are in the park between the hours of 10 to 6. So one of my keys for going to Yellowstone is to go as early as possible. That's right. I would recommend going before the sun is even rising because the park entrances are open 24 hours a day. And so you can go in early while everyone else is sleeping or having their breakfast or taking their time. And you can spend countless hours in the park with just the animals and the scenery and not all the wild traffic. So go early 
in order to see what's best. In fact, the wildlife is most active in the sunrise and the sunset hours. And so keep that in mind. Listen, back in 2003, when I was working in Yellowstone, there was about 3 million visitors that year. It's estimated that this year they will reach 5 million visitors to Yellowstone National Park. That is a lot of people. So anytime that you can avoid large crowds and see more of what Yellowstone is known for, I say do that. Now, a couple things to keep in mind, too, when you're going to Yellowstone, a couple things I think I would recommend to make part of your travel bag, a good set of binoculars. There were so many times where we were driving around, and I even remember this from working there, and if you had a good set of binoculars, you could have seen some animals, some wildlife from a safe distance, but there was just living life out in a field. In fact, a couple times we saw wolves and bears on this trip, and if we had binoculars, we would have been able to see them much more clearly. Also, I would recommend stocking up on some snacks. There's some grocery stores around prior to getting in the park and get some snacks, have snacks ready. So that way you're not wasting time in lines or trying to buy food. You can simply just snack your way through the park, especially if it's just a one day trip to Yellowstone. Now, a lot of people were asking us, is Yellowstone even open? And some of you are aware that they had massive flooding in the month of June, closed several of the roads. In fact, the north entrance and the northeast entrance are still not open. But there's a good part about that is, is that nobody can get up there unless people that are willing to make that drive. So the traffic is not as bad up there, but the roads are about 92% open. And so I think Yellowstone wasn't even as crowded as it normally is for us, because I think a lot of people thought the park was closed. And so it was an excellent, excellent trip for us. And so after considering a lot of options, and once we decided that we were going to go to Yellowstone, I kind of came up with a game plan. So what I want to do on this podcast is kind of walk you through why we did what we did and how we drove through the park. For us, after considering all the options, I decided that we should enter from the town of West Yellowstone. West Yellowstone, you can get to easily from uh, the Idaho side and from Idaho Falls and Pocatello, those areas. And really, this is an awesome town. In fact, when I worked in Yellowstone, West Yellowstone was kind of like our weekend retreat place that we would go to. It's a cute little town, cool shops, cool things. They have some, actually have like a a bear nature preserve there as well. It's a really, really neat little place. And it borders, it's the last thing right before you get into the park. And so we stayed in West Yellowstone just because it was like, we want to get up early and we want to attack the park as early as possible. And so we actually stayed at the White Buffalo Hotel, which I would recommend. Nothing fancy, very comfortable beds, very, very, very affordable hotel rooms. It was in West Yellowstone. You just make sure you need to check in before 11 p.m. But listen, this was a deal of a find and a great place to set up before, right before we entered the park the next day. So after getting our hotel rooms, we there was actually a couple gift shops open that go open till 11. People were super nice. In fact, I went to one gift shop at around 11 o'clock and I was like, I know you guys are about to close. They're like, we won't close until you are satisfied finding whatever you want to find. Just some really, really quality people in West Yellowstone. But we're not here to talk about West Yellowstone. We're here to talk about Yellowstone National Park. So you get up early. We decided that we were going to meet at 530 
get into the park as quick as we can. The gates are open all the time. So we met at the car, 5.30, drove straight to the entrance, took the, you know, the, the mandatory picture entering the park, and we were in the park by 5.45, and there was nobody there. It was amazing. The sun is rising over the rivers and the glens. The animals are out eating. It's unbelievable because there's not a lot of people at this time. In fact, there was one car that kind of was coming up behind me and, and I let them pass and we came upon another car and I just kind of hung back because I, I wanted an uninterrupted uh, view of what we were experiencing. And so as you're driving in from West Yellowstone, you kind of follow the road along the Madison River and immediately we saw some animals. We saw some elk that were eating down by the river. We saw a bison walking down the middle of the street right by our car. And it was just unbelievable because there's no one else around and we're getting to enjoy this. Then you come to what's called the Madison Junction. And at this point, we took a left and headed towards the Norris Geyser Basin. Now, the roads are closed uh, north and northeast. So if you're there, you can kind of take this grand loop around. But we went this way and ultimately we stopped. We took some pictures of animals and scenery of no cars. On the way to Norris Geyser Basin, there is Gibbons Falls, nice early photo of a nice waterfall. It's easy to get to, quick photo, take a picture, early morning, excellent. Then you get to Norris Geyser Basin. This is a good early stop if you're not familiar with Yellowstone. Not worth it if there's a ton of cars. There was a ton of overflow parking available that I probably wouldn't recommend stopping at if you had to park there. But this is a great introductory look at what you'll see in Yellowstone geysers and mud pits and all kinds of thermal features and so if you just you can walk just briefly around I wouldn't go around the whole area and you can see some really cool things right out of the gate now at this point you can either continue going north towards Mammoth Hot Springs and take what's known as the Grand Loop around I didn't think we had enough time to do that and so we headed east toward Canyon now had I known that traffic wouldn't have been as bad as it was, I probably would have done the Grand Loop, but we headed towards Canyon, which is also can, starts making the lower loop. Now, as you approach, approach the Canyon uh, Village, especially if it's early, I would suggest bypassing the Canyon Village to start with and going taking a right at the Canyon Junction to what's known as North Rim Drive. This will lead you to the north rim of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. This is unbelievable sightseeing. From there, you can get to the, the walkway to the brink of the lower falls. You can go to a place called Lookout Point and Grand View and Inspiration Point and look out over the incredible vastness of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone and the lower falls dumping the water from the Yellowstone River down into the canyon. And the lower falls, falls up. it's a 308-foot drop. It's basically taking a football field and turning it up, up upwards, and that's how much water is falling. It's an unbelievable picture of just power and raw nature just happening right before your eyes. And from Inspiration Point, where it shows you a great view of the canyon, there's just this random glacier boulder on the side of the road and a random parking area just past that. 
It's one of the greatest hikes in Yellowstone. We didn't do it, but when I worked there, it was one of my favorite memories. It's called Seven Mile Hole. It, you hike uh, uh, through kind of some meadows and along the canyon rim, and you end up all the way down at the bottom of the canyon by the river, and there's some thermal features on the way as well. It's a great hike, and it's incredible, but it, it, take, it would have taken too much time from that. Now, the North Rim Drive, after you've done all that, drops you back off at Canyon Village. So if you're there for one day, go get some coffee, maybe grab a quick bite of breakfast to take with you if you don't have any snacks, and keep on going. As you come back to the Canyon Junction at this point, you're facing west. Now, we did not do this at the Canyon Junction because I didn't feel like we had enough time. But also, if you turn right and go north, about six miles north, you can park at the base of Mount Washburn and hike Mount Washburn, which is one of the most popular hikes in Yellowstone because it's it's amazing, but also because it's fairly simple to get up there. It is about a five-mile hike, and it could you could do it in a sub-three hours round trip if you really, really had to. But on this hike, it gives you a great picture of the entirety of that surrounding area of the park. You can also, on a clear day from the top of Mount Washburn, see the Teton Mountains far in the distance. You also are known to see bighorn sheep and even bears uh, on Mount Washburn hike. So we didn't, I don't think we had time, so we didn't do this. But if you have a couple of hours, you're a quick hiker, man, this, this would be worth it. From there, we headed south. So we took a left and headed towards Lake Yellowstone. But before we got too far down the road, we actually hit up the South Rim Drive, which takes you along the South Rim of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. You can pull out, and the first pull out is the Upper Falls View, which there's two waterfalls, Upper Falls and Lower Falls. The Upper Falls is still beautiful in and of itself. But then you can continue all the way down the road and go to what's known as Artist Point. And this is an amazing point that people have painted. There's been famous paintings out. It's a beautiful picture, a place to have a picture of the lower falls with trees and the canyon and everything right there. And so we took that in and then we continued on and we continued on heading south, driving through the Hayden Valley. Hayden Valley is known for its wildlife. It's beautiful, follows the Yellowstone Lake backwards to Lake Yellowstone. And on this, you just have to look for people pulled off on the side of the road and that's where you'll find animals. In fact, we saw several things along the way. Obviously see tons of bison, but then we saw this van that was marked Wolf Hunters, and they had these incredible lens scopes to see what was going on. And sure enough, we could kind of see with the naked eye, barely couldn't make it out, but there were people all perched along the side of the road watching three wolves kind of roam across the field. Incredible thing to see as uh, they're just making their way, having fun, playing, maybe looking for food. And then a little bit further down the road, we saw a couple bears up on the side of the mountain. Again, if you had your binoculars, great view, better view. But you never know what you're going to see. We saw wolves and bears and bison all on this one drive through the Hayden Valley. And so then you get to the lake junction and you have the opportunity to take a left and head towards what's known as the fishing bridge. It's fishing bridge because it's where kind of the lake leads the uh, river out to become what's known as Yellowstone River. uh, And so there's a lot of people that fish off this bridge. There's a general store just past the fishing bridge. What we did was we actually went past that. And if you go down about three miles, there's what's known as Mary Bay, which gives you a beautiful picture of the entirety of the lake uh, that you can see with some mountains in the background. 
And did you know that Lake Yellowstone is the largest high elevation lake in North America? It's beautiful. It's frozen over in the winter, but a beautiful, beautiful lake. Water's pretty cold. So we hung out there, took some pictures, and then went back. We stopped at the general store right there at the fishing bridge, which has great options for souvenirs and even snacks and things like that. And from there, we checked out Lake Yellowstone. Now, I spent my summer at Lake Yellowstone, so we just spent a few minutes driving around, and I could show them uh, where I worked and did some missions and things like that. Uh, there's a hike there that if you have, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half hike, if you really want to bust it, it's called Elephant Back. And when you get up to Elephant Back, it's probably about four miles round trip. The trail splits as you go up uh, and both sides go to the same point. But if you want to get there quicker, go to the left. It's definitely a shorter way to the top. But from the top of Elephant Back Trail, you can see um, all over the lake and get this idea of the mountains in the background and the lake as well. Beautiful, beautiful views. So check that out. Then if you continue on, you get to West Thumb Geyser Basin, which is right off the lake. There's this there's this thermal activity that kind of runs into the lake um, at West Thumb Geyser Basin. And from here, we decided, you know what, we want to go see Old Faithful. We want to go see a couple more things. So we're going to take a right. If you had taken a left, you would exit the park and go through Grant Village. But ultimately, we took a right and we headed towards Old Faithful. On the way to Old Faithful, they're doing some construction. So things, there was two spots where the road got kind of narrow where they were working on one lane. Um, but you, one of the cool features of going on this road is you pass the Continental Divide a couple times. And so we had a conversation about what the Continental Divide is uh, and uh, just a nice little drive. But listen, you get to Old Faithful. Now, Old Faithful gets its name because it can be predicted when it is going to erupt, give or take 10 minutes. And so about every 90 minutes or so within plus or minus 10 minute range, it goes off regular. But if you don't get there at the right time, you could wait a long time. But what's really cool is on the National Park Service website, they give you an updated time of next time they anticipate Old Faithful going off. The problem is when you're driving through Yellowstone National Park, you don't have phone service except for when you get to these little villages at these junctions every single time. So as we're getting close to Old Faithful area, someone says, I got service. So I pull it up on my phone and I see that the next eruption time is within a couple minutes plus or minus 10 minutes. So I book it. I put it in race car mode. And the good thing is I know my way around that parking lot. I knew where to drop the students off. So we kind of cut some corners, cut around some people, pull up right in front of where it is to drop them off. And as they're getting out of the car, Old Faithful starts to erupt. They got to see it from the beginning and all the way in. And we did not have to wait 90 minutes. It is cool to see. Definitely a tourist trap on some levels. It's definitely where most people kind of hang out, things like that. But it's really something you need to see if you go to Yellowstone, but you want to time it right, just like we did. So after we we after we after saw Old Faithful erupt, they we used the restrooms, and then we got in the car, and we continued on. Now, the one thing we really want to see past Old Faithful and continuing the lower loop is what's known as Grand Prismatic Spring. Some people call this the gem of Yellowstone. It is absolutely beautiful. If you don't know what it is, you need to Google it. Very, 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 very hot. Uh, it will melt. It will melt you. And so you can't get super close, but you can kind of feel the heat off of it. Now there is a parking lot um, past Grand Prismatic Spring that I do not recommend parking in. It's one way in, one way out. It gets backed up and crowded, but there's a place on the side of the road that you can park and start walking and kind of follow a trail to get to where everyone is. However, 
if you're going to see this, I actually would recommend parking a little bit before coming from this direction um, at the Fountain Freight Trailhead, which is uh, prior to getting to the, the spring. You kind of hike along uh, this this ridge, if you will, and then you can kind of go up on this hill and it overlooks the Grand Prismatic Spring. It gives you a great picture of the spring and then you can actually continue on hiking if you want to do a little more hiking there's fairy falls and then there's another geyser that you can go to from there we actually turned around and headed back south past grant village and headed out of the park so many more things to see so many things you can stop and do but for us we spent about seven and a half eight hours in yellowstone and saw an amazing amount of things. Really, we're only caught in traffic twice, and that was when the road uh, construction was going on. Uh, and so as we, we could have spent more time, but we also wanted to see Grand Teton National Park. Grand Teton National Park is located just to the south of Yellowstone National Park, and so you, we just drove on, beautiful sightseeing, pointed out some hikes that I had done and some different things, some great, great scenery as you drive south, and then all of a sudden, you start to see the Grand Tetons and you realize why people want to go see them. They're absolutely beautiful. So many places you can just stop on the side of the road and take pictures. There was a storm coming over the mountains. And so some pictures were interesting to begin with. By the time we left, it had gotten blue skies, beautiful mountains. Um, there's Jenny Lake. There's all kinds of hikes you can do. I just encourage you stop for pictures and, and, and enjoy the Grand Tetons. If you have time, do a hike or two around there. It's absolutely beautiful. From there, we went to Jackson, Wyoming, also known as Jackson Hole. We had our one meal of the day, if you will, uh, there, and we talked about everything we saw, we reminisced, and from there home, it was almost about a five, a five and a half hour drive. No good way to get back, but it's worth it. So we actually drove through Wyoming, saw as the sun was setting, and ended up back in Salt Lake by about 11 p.m. Now, it was an epic trip. I would recommend you do something like that. I know it's a lot of driving. I know it's a lot of things to think about. But listen, it is an amazing place. Now, what's cool about it is this, is those students can go back and see the park and see things and spend time there uh, in a more depth than they did on this trip. And so I'm planning on going back. I'm planning on taking the family back as well. Uh, I was reminded of why I fell in love with Yellowstone to begin with. And so I would just encourage you, man, when you're, uh, presented with an epic opportunity. Don't say no because of the complications or the, the what might come up in the sense of how difficult it's going to be. Figure out a way to make it doable and do it and have fun and enjoy it. As I think back over the last week since I've experienced it, I have so many just vivid memories of things I saw and just what God was showing me in those moments about how good of a God he is and how awesome of a creator he is. Just an incredible place to see God's work on display. Listen, I loved Yellowstone and I know that you can do it too. Two days, I would recommend doing one day, maybe driving up from Grand Teton and hanging out on the lower loop, if you will, and then going over and maybe spending the night uh, in West Yellowstone or even camping, and then doing the next day another like couple hikes and things like that. If you have the opportunity to spend more than two to three days, you can set up a camp. You can hike maybe Electric Peak or Avalanche Peak, some of these mountains that I got to hike when I worked there and do some camping trips. Incredible things to see and do in Yellowstone. And I would just encourage you to put it on your list 
and make it happen. If you got questions, as always, reach out. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this special edition of Nieces Nugs podcast. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.